0: Empire Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the Giant Con Report wherever you get your podcasts. You're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. And always keep in mind when we post there are sometimes we post videos over on the Empire page, just a couple snippets from practice that you might be interested in. So check those, check those out as well. Today it's just me and you talking about a lot about Sam Howell because I just want to provide a little bit more insight on things. Listen, it's this is a first impression of the spring of Howell. So I don't want to go overboard on anything, but I do want to talk a lot about what we've seen to date. And things can change in the summertime and things can change during the season. But I think when we go each step of the way, it doesn't mean you're hyping them up. It just means you're discussing what you're seeing right now. What does it mean for the future? All that good stuff. So I'll get to that in a few minutes. But first, I do want to start with Josh Harris and the ownership situation. And By the way, if you want to get some more insight into Josh Harris, Go back and listen to my conversation with Albert Breer that ran on Friday because Albert wrote a story about Harris for SI.com and had some really good insight into who he picked up or what he picked up on Josh Harris. Albert's really good at getting insight and he had some here. And so, you know, I think it's a worth, obviously it's a worthwhile listen. That's why I talked to him. I knew he'd provide good insight and he did. And he also talked a little bit about Sam Howell, a little bit about Chase Young. So go back and give that a listen. And also keep in mind, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. And so there you go. But let's start with Josh Harris, because there was another report on Friday talking about this one from Forbes, about the owner's concern over the Josh Harris offer. Well, a couple of things. First of all, this thing is not has never been over. And while the purchase and sale agreement was a significant step, which is what I talked about and kind of how I build it, significant step. It still needed to get to a certain point before it was considered over. And we're not there yet. The other thing is, and I know the Washington Post reported that, and I know we've had that in our some of our ESPN stories, that there are concerns and especially over the debt load. And um, you know, it's just it's it's too much for what the NFL wants in the in terms of its criteria for an NFL owner. There's also concern about the size of the group. Now, the I was told on Friday, and I know others were as well, that the Harris group has 20 limited partners. That's a big number, but the NFL limit is 25. So it's under the limit. But with 20 limited partners comes a lot and lot and lot of vetting because you have to vet them all. And we've talked about that a lot in here. And I don't, if you've been listening to me, you should know that by now, that it takes time to go through all that. It's not as simple as, oh, you have this much, your net worth is this much go on you have to vet them for security reasons for financial reasons if there if it's family money you have to vet the family members because you need to know where that money's coming from Etc so that's the big part but the debt load is a big part there's also in talking to people last week at the owners meetings there is a desire to have more equity in the offer so that's a big part of this as well so you know shoot Jim Merce <laughs> said on the record last week, that the that the bid has to meet NFL criteria and and it did not and that's why it hasn't you know, this is also in the early stages of the vetting process so i think the NFL is going to encounter this more and more as we go forward unless you get somebody like a Jeff Bezos to come in and buy a team where you know the guy's got 120 billion it's not going to be hard to vet him but but the way teams are going very few people can afford that kind of money and so you're going to get bigger groups. You're going to get more situations where it's probably going to take a little bit longer to go through all this. I mean, again, it took two months for the Broncos bid to go from agreement to vote. And that was should have been an easier one. So, you know, this one, we'll see how long it takes. But there is, you know, the, the a difference here too is is that they need to get in compliance with the NFL bid with what the requirements are for an NFL owner, and that's incumbent upon Paris to do that. Now, Roger Goodell expressed certainly strong optimism that it would get done. Jerry Jones expressed strong optimism and said it would get done. Jim Irsay is on the Finance Committee, so he's privy to more documents right now about the situation and knows a little bit more. So he expressed more cautious optimism that you know while while he was thought it he had hope it could get done, he hoped it would get done. At this point, and certainly last week, it was not done and it was not to the owner's liking. I know people with the Harris Group, I certainly remain very optimistic that it's not a matter of if it's when. And there are other people who, who are familiar with the process who still think the Harris Group will get there in the end. Some of these people also believe that the NFL is going to have to at some point relax its rules for the ownership for ownership, because again, like what I said earlier that it's just ultra, ultra expensive and you cut down on your the number of people who are able to do this. And I know there's a lot of people who wanted who wanted Bezos kind of for this reason, but the other thing is we don't know what kind of a sports owner Jeff Bezos would have been. So while the process would have been smoother, we don't know what kind of owner he would have been. And I think one thing here for the league, is, and here's the other thing, I don't think he was ever going to get it. And there was certainly, there was zero desire By the Snyders to sell to Bezos. Um, But the league also has to be careful to make sure you're getting the right people into the league and being a good steward of a franchise that's as important as this one. And certainly you have some track records with Harris as a pro sports owner with both the Devils and the Sixers. So I think there's a good desire to have this guy win this process. And I think the key here is just like any negotiation, if you're getting a free agent, a trade, whatever, if you have motivated sides to get it done. Then there's a greater chance that it will get done. And I think in the NFL, um, the the Snyders and the Harris group all are deeply motivated to make this work. That's always the, that's a big key here. But again, it's not done. And there are things that have to be that remain. And as Ursay said last week, it still needs to get in compliance. And until it's there, then they're then they're gonna keep working at it. But that's what they're doing right now. But it's why it could take a little while for this to get done. What that means, what the timetable is, I you know, again, he said last week, sometime after July 4th, they could call a special session to, you know, to do something. It could go longer than that. The goal was to get it done before the season. But again, there's a reason why when he says that, I think you at least have to, you can dislike or say or whatever, but you can at least have to take note of what he's saying and when and why. And again, I think the why is has to get in compliance, and the number of limited partners makes this a, a potentially more lengthy process. So just know, take a deep breath. The Snyders remain deeply motivated to to sell and to, you know, to be done. So I think I think they certainly seem to have made their peace with this a while ago. And I only put it that way for those of you who worry that something could go wrong on their end. You know, they certainly, by everybody I've talked to, remain deeply motivated to now be done with this situation. So there you go. That's a quick update on there. And we'll keep you posted as this goes on. And this will be a fluid situation, but just take a deep breath when you're reading all these things and don't overreact and just understand there's a process that's going on here as well. And also, and I've told you this before with the patent, the trademark stuff, don't, don't start getting your hopes up that this is going to lead to a name change. I think we're, again, as I said, last week, we're miles away from that. And certainly if the Harris group certainly, you know, if, assuming if the Harris group is accurate and they say it's, it's a matter of when I've I have yet to talk to anybody involved in that with that group who says, yes, I think we'll change the name. Nobody has said, nobody's expressed a desire to even tackle that issue. Um certainly not early on, if at all. So just deep breath there and just have some have a not to dampen anybody's enthusiasm for name change, but just trying to to tell you what I've heard and what I know. Anyway, let's get to some better stuff. And that's Sam Howe. So I want to talk about him because I thought, you know, we talked about him or I talked about him last week after the OTA session. And by the way, I'm going to do another update after their OTA session on Wednesday, that that podcast, that video will be up later Wednesday afternoon, early evening, whenever that whenever it comes out, but it'll be at wrapping up another day of OTA work. And then keep in mind, they have the next week, they have their mandatory minicamp. And that's when. That's when you know if if Chase Young and Montez Sweat don't show up there, that's when you should start to say, "Hmm, what the hell's going on?" Anyway, back back to that. But anyway, the, oh, the other thing is on the mini camp, Typically in the past, they'll schedule three days and they'll they'll hold two and they'll tell the players you're done because it's kind of a reward for what they would say, "Oh, that's a great off season," and so they get them give them that day off. But in this situation, because um, they lost that week to the penalties last year my guess would be they keep that third day. So well, so I only bring that up because next, the fall, so this week I'll have the Ote session wrap up on Wednesday. And then the following week, I would expect anticipate three mini camp wrap ups um, that I'll be posting as well. So some just some good quick insight from what I see in practice, some progress, where some guys are playing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, let's get back to Hal because I think he's the key here. And I don't want to go overboard in talking about him However, he's very central to this season. So he's a he's a key figure. I was going to say majorly key figure, but he's a key figure because the better he does, the better the chance this team has for success. Not just now, but to build on that for future years. You know, it's it's because he's a young quarterback, but it's also the contract. That's a big deal. But also just to have a good quarterback would be a nice change for this franchise. We're we're still, we're ways from that to know where exactly he's going to go. So really all this is, it's not about trying to hype him up. It's about trying to talk about a guy that right now, what we see and, and where does it go from here? I don't know, but what we saw the other day, I just want to talk a little bit more about that. And one of the things that I didn't, that I didn't go hard enough on last week when I talked about him was his footwork. It is much better than it was at this time last year, and certainly going into training camp it wasn't great. And by the end of training camp, there were still issues. That's why they had to work with him a lot off and, you know, just getting him ready to be in a certain position, but that was a huge focus of his in the off season. And that's smart because it's what he needs to do. I know Diami Brown was telling people like he he was telling people here that he's a different guy and diami would work. De'Ami worked out with him. Like, I think it was three times a week or so. So that was something that, You know, that jumped out and it jumped out to people there as well, the footwork. And I'll tell you what, it it really jumped out to me as well, because, you know, first of all, it was the base he was throwing, which which was really good, but it was the timing of it. The footwork isn't always just like, you know, it's it's, it's how you're getting back there too, but it's also understanding on this one, it's a five-step drop versus a three-step drop. That makes a huge difference because there were a couple of times last week where Jacoby Brissett would take a three-step drop when it was supposed to be a five-step drop and it disrupts the timing and rhythm of the play. And one of the things that I noticed, and I talked about this last week with Hal was the timing and rhythm of his plays. It was, he was at a better spot than with Brissett, where Brissett was at. And, and again, I don't know where that competition is going to go. I'm just talking about this one particular day that we saw. And I still think it's probably indicative of where they're at with things right now. But I thought the the that's where the footwork really played into Howell's um day and where he's been at in the spring for in the coaches' minds is the timing and rhythm, and that comes back to the footwork. So that, for them, it's a really good thing to see. Did you know the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give Axe Throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect for, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's K-I-M-E 23 DC. So there you have it folks, climbing, zip lining, axes, food and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com and enter promo code KIME23DC. The other thing you have to keep in mind when we're talking about these OTA practices is what are we really seeing here? And do you know what you're seeing? Because I'll be honest, like most of the time, you see an interpreter play one way and then you talk to somebody somebody who knows what they're talking about and you find out that, oh, It's not quite what I saw. This is what I saw, but they can tell you this is what it meant. For example, there was there was a throw last week where he tries to hit Jahan Dotson on it. It was a wheel. It was basically a wheel route, and so you know, runs a slot slot. You know, runs the wheel route from the slot formation. But he also, what he has to do, too, is when he's running that, when he's running from the slot, it's really kind of an out-and-up. But he's running out, he's got to sell the out-route. Has to sell it. Because there's going to be a corner that side dropping and if he sees him selling the out-route, he's going to take his eyes off him a little bit. Well, in this particular play, Dotson doesn't sell it quite as well. So then Benjamin St. Juice stays with the play, and while Howell makes the right decision to throw it to him, St. Juice breaks it up. But that's one of those little subtle things that's like, when you know what's going on again, like I think Dotson is a fantastic, is a really good route runner. Is going to be, I think he's going to be really good for them this year. And I, you know, I don't think that's any revelation because I think the kids got a lot of skill. But that's that's what you do in the spring. You go through those plays, see, okay, what do you need to clean up? And there was another one where he threw, where he was picked by um, Percy Butler. Not a good decision. It was a bad decision. And I talked about this play last week. It's just a bad decision where he's thrown to Cole Turner. But it's, you have to look. Why did he get to this read? And this, what's the lesson here? And the lesson was: stay with your primary read just a little bit longer because he got off his primary read a little bit too early, and then goes to call Turner on this crossing route. And because of that, you know Turner's really not open. So he, the timing of the play is just off. But it all stemmed from taking your eyes off your primary read too soon, and then compounding that with a bad decision to throw to a guy. Who was not open? So I think, you know, those are are things that were, again, so if you're just watching it, it's like, okay, he throws a pick. And it was a pick, and it wasn't a good decision. But again, why did he get to that decision? And it was about that. But for the most part, they've been pretty happy with, especially with the footwork. That's like the number one thing you're going to hear if you talk to these people is like, is just the footwork is just dramatically better and the difference that can make in his game. And I bring up the example Last year in training camp, or excuse me, in the preseason against Baltimore, and where does the footwork make a difference? And there was the again the play against Baltimore where he, where he ends up getting sacked, and Chris Paul gets shoved back on the play, and and Howell takes a three step drop. Well, he's supposed to take a five step drop, so it looks like Paul messes up on the play, and it wasn't a great block. But it, it was it was compounded because Howell doesn't take the right drop. So those are things as a fan and some and oftentimes in the media, you're just not going to know. That's why when you have access, you can find out. And on the, that particular play, it looks like Chris Paul messes up, but reality is it was Howell. And because if you're taking a three-step drop, now the guys aren't ready and you look and say, well, nobody's even open. Well, it's because his dro- he, he, he mistimed his drop or he missed took the wrong, improper steps. Those are the things with footwork. It's not always just like, and sometimes it's how quickly you're doing it, the, the tempo of which you're doing it. I think that's one of the things that Jacoby Brissett is working on right now is just all that tempo of his drops as well to get in sync with the guys around him. That ta- that takes a little bit of time, even if you've been in this offense, or you know, maybe you haven't been with these guys, right? So there is there is an adjustment period for any new quarterback in any new situ in any situation when you're new. So, but again, with how. That's where he has, that's where he's looked pretty good. And then the other thing, like when you're watching the spring, there are going to be situations that come up that are going to test a quarterback. If you're in a, if you're in a blitz period, you're really not going to plan how to defend this particular blitz because that's not what you're working on. And that stuff comes later. That's part of game planning is preparing to stop a certain blitz. But when you're not doing that in practice, what's the end result for the quarterback? And sometimes that, you know, there may be a pick you throw. Was that bad on him or, you know, but what do you, again, the key to me in the spring is always what do you learn from this situation? And then how do you handle it the next time? And I think that's where we're at with Hal. And I thought it was, you know, I'll be curious to see how he does progress, but I did want, I, I specific, specifically wanted to talk about his footwork today because I think that's a major improvement over last year. And it's why, listen, it's why a lot of people coming, when him coming out of college one reason he did drop, it's not just because oh he lost all this talent he wasn't as, he didn't have the number so he just dropped the fifth round. No, I think what it did is it caused people to to scrutinize him even more. And while I think some teams would have taken him higher, certainly not everybody would have because he didn't. But I think it, he led it led to more scrutiny, and when people scrutinized him more, then they look at the footwork, and the footwork needed some work cleaning up. He has cleaned it up. They helped clean him up, but he definitely has focused on it, and I think. That's a that that's something that's really good. That's a good start for him. And if you just continue to build on it, I think you can um, I think you can you can put yourself in a better spot because that I think the other thing that will be curious to watch is how he handles being a leader. And that's one of the things like Antonio Gibson said last week that they felt like. He's taking some charge in the huddle and it wasn't so much, you know, is he doing, cause he now has to, it's like, or could he, was this capable of him last or was he capable of it last year? Or is it a matter of now they're kind of forcing him to do it. It's a little bit of both. When you're in this position, you have to understand as a quarterback, you have to take control. And if he can do that, I think that's another step in the process, but you know, proper footwork is going to bail him out of many, many situations especially because we still don't know how this line is going to be. There are a lot of questions about that offensive line. You go back and watch that Dallas game that he played last year. It's not like the line was great. He just got rid of the ball and made good decisions. I think it's going to be hard to survive that way over the course of the season. So the line has to be – and it'll be a different line than that game. So let's see where it goes. But The line has to definitely be better to give him a chance – to get to, you know, to feel comfortable and to get through those progressions and to feel comfortable staying with his first read long enough. So he so he avoids the kind of situation he had where he threw the interception um to Cole Turner practice. But anyway, I just wanted to bring all that up. And by the way, I know they're, they're they remain excited about Cole Turner. So for all the the trouble with Armani Rodgers and I told you this last week that they they definitely remain excited about Turner. I think he's going to be a guy that they get excited about as we continue into the offseason workouts. But the number one guy will be Sam Howell just because of what he could mean to, for the franchise. And it doesn't one, – one OTA practice does not finalize a quarterback situation. There's a long way to go. But I did – but, you know, but again, I my main point in talking to you today is to point out the improvement in the footwork because that is the number one. key. I remember talking to Mike Shanahan mm. years ago about quarterback, and he would talk about the number – the first thing he looks at with a quarterback is going to be the footwork. And so, like when you know that, because it's the base, it sets it sets its tone for everything about you as a quarterback, and that's that's why. Again, I think that's where they get some excitement about how. So, anyway, that's it for me. But I just wanted to give you that update about all these situations, and mostly about how, because I think that's probably the. I'm not sure which one you guys care more about. Maybe it, it probably is how, because you know this. They're going to have an owner at some point, but the success of the franchise. This year a lot depends on how now, long range, you want the right owner. That's why I think you need to make sure that you get the right that they get the right guy and that they vet the Harris group and make sure that when he, they get in there, that like you're not going to be choking on debt uh because because you're gonna have to build that same et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But make sure you get the right owner in here. But the other thing is get the right quarterback. And if they can and if how continues to develop then they can feel pretty good going into the season. Anyway, that's it for me. I'll be back with another episode after Wednesday's OTA session. So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.